0: Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter
1: most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it.
0: Now, here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space, and welcome to episode 172. My guest in this episode is Dr. Mike Natter. And Mike is a third-year internal medicine resident, and he is also, just simply put, a superb artist. I found Mike's work through social media. Actually, I think my wife found his work on Instagram first and shared it with me. Gosh, it must have been a year and a half ago at this point. Since then, I've followed him. I've been on his website and seen the things that he does and the way that he replicates anatomy and physiology and the human experience and being a physician, being a physician in training, all that that entails, that whole kind of world, it's just remarkable. And now he's expanded it into teaching because when you're a third year resident, you have a lot of teaching responsibilities. You're working with the junior residents, you're working with medical students, oftentimes you're teaching the attending And so Mike uses pen and paper, he uses all of his talents, and he's expanded into this incredible teachable moment, and he doesn't miss those. Having this conversation with him about all of this sort of stuff is just wonderful. We've spent time in the art world on Explore the Space before. It's a great place to be, and Mike is a phenomenal navigator to take us through how he uses art as a teaching tool. We also reflect on our shared love of Calvin and Hobbes, but he also uses his art as a, as a pointed illustration, no pun intended, of what it's like to be a resident, what it's like to be a medical trainee and the challenges that that brings up and some of the harsh realities and some of the things that really do need to be different. I give Mike a lot of credit. He's brave with his art and that's, that is a commendable thing. This was a really, really interesting conversation and I also love the fact that it illustrates how through social media and podcasts, we really level the playing field. The hierarchy of medicine has no bearing here. The fact that I'm an attending, he's our resident—none no, that matters. Nobody cares. It's just this opportunity for us to learn, to engage, to enjoy, and have some fun. Before we get to the conversation, just want to invite all of you, as always, definitely check out the archive of Explore the Space. The whole archive is there, www.explorethespaceshow.com. If you have the opportunity, please do download Explore the Space on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you like to download your shows, we're there. Definitely subscribe. Please do take the opportunity to leave us a rating and a review. Word of mouth is also a great place to help share the show. If you enjoy this episode or any other ones, please do let your friends and colleagues know and definitely share on social media. I'm on Twitter at ETS Show. I'm on Instagram at Explore the Space Show. So definitely, that's a great place to find me. Just want to invite everyone to I. Have had my first Twitter contest going. It closes this Friday morning, February twenty eighth at eight in the morning Pacific Standard Time. It's a nominate the guest contest. The winner gets an amazing bundle of home coffee roasting swag from Sweet Maria's, and you should check them out at Sweet Maria's on Twitter. You get a roaster, you get beans, you get a T-shirt. This is a nominate the guest contest for Explore the Space in one tweet. The the, the guidelines are there. The rules are there. It's really easy. Hit me on Twitter. Who do you want to see on the show? Why? Do it in one tweet. Hashtag explore the space there so I can make sure to find it. Contest closes on February 28th. We've had some incredible nominations so far. Looking forward to seeing what else, looking forward to seeing who else you would like to hear on the show. It was a total treat to speak with Mike. He is a blast to follow. He's a blast to learn from. He does amazing stuff. And this was just a really fun conversation. So without further ado, Dr. Mike Natter. Mike, welcome to Explore the Space. Thanks for coming on.
1: Mark, thanks for having me. This is a, an honor and a pleasure. We have to
0: resolve a very important question. It. Right out of the gate. And, and you don't know what's coming, but this has been bugging me. Okay. How do we decide the relative importance of thingies versus dealies? <laughs> this has been, I can't sleep. I don't know what to do with myself. You just did lung. I think you did lung thingies the other day I, or was I, it lung dealies?
1: My, uh, my attending showing me the lung thingies. I, yeah, I, sometimes there's thingies, sometimes there's dealies. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't I think be interchangeable. I don't know, actually. It's a
0: good okay. question. So what we're talking about is you in the last, maybe like six months have mm-hmm. just started posting these little 90 second nuggets of you doing what you do so well and why you're here, which is these extraordinary depictions of medicine in an artistic form, you know, via cartoon, via sketch, but you are now using these, the skills that you have as a teaching tool. So you're with other residents, you're with your attendings, you're with medical students and you are filming these little nuggets and I will drive everyone to your Twitter feed. And obviously the, the links are in the show notes to your Twitter and your Instagram. They're awesome. They're so cool.
1: Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. It's been super, super fun, but it's something it's so funny to me because these are things I've been doing all the time. And then the other day my friend said, why don't you just film oh that? And God. So is
0: that what happened? happened? Someone just said, so you've been doing this? Yeah, this you've has been, been doing been... this this whole
1: time. I've been doing it. I've been doing it really. So, like, I first started doing it really for myself. So we
0: could have been watching thingies and dealies the whole arc <laughs> of your presidency.
1: <laughs> we you could have Thingies and dealies volume ten by now. I mean, were- <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, you know, but it's it's different when you're filming it because then you realize that yeah, you probably should you know do a, a better job. And you know, when I was doing it before, it was a little less clean. But now I try and make more of an effort to do it. But it's uh, it's very organic. It's very natural. and It just kind of happened.
0: Is there a sense? So, if I was a co-resident or if I was an intern or a medical student, I would be asking to be on a rotation with you because I learn visually mm-hmm. and like I am loving them not just because they're really cool and it's amazing to watch someone of talent doing it it's it's a really, really, really good refresher. I'm really like the one you did on platelet function. I was like, yes, that's right. It all came back, and I really enjoy that because that's how I learn. Mm-hmm. I'd be clamoring to be on your team to be like, all right, I want teaching rounds with Natter. Is that happening or not really yet?
1: Um, I, I mean, I don't, not that I know of, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, um, who, 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 I don't know who's talking to who, but, um, I, I really, really like medical education. I really like medical students. I really like that role of having the opportunity to kind of, um, teach, but more than that, I think there's something that's always been missing in medical education. There's, there's very little, there's all this like feedback and, you know, you're doing this wrong and you should try this. And I I like positive reinforcement. I like making things fun. I still remember what it's like to be a, you know, a third year medical student and not knowing anything and and feeling like I'm constantly trying to perform for residents. So I I love having the role reversed where I can make it more of a fun environment.
0: Can you do this sort of art on any subject or is it unique to depicting the human body? And so as an example, let's say you were doing a cooking course. Would you be able to do the same thing? How to break down vegetables? How to season a steak? Would you be able to do the same thing, or do you feel like your skills lend themselves well to your depictions of the human body?
1: Mark, that's a, it's a really interesting question. So the the short answer is yes. I, I think I actually believe that art and visual imagery is innate and okay. You know, Everyone can can really understand it and that's the best way to do things. But when you're talking about things like medicine, um, you're talking about things that are a little bit more abstract. So everyone kind of knows what the stomach looks like. But then to try and visualize like the parietal cells and you know, all that stuff, it, it becomes more abstract because you can't actually visualize them unless you draw them. And so if you draw them in a way that where they have like a little bit of a, you know, a face and they're, you know, spitting out HCL and, you know, pepsinogen and whatever, then you can really understand it. And then that's the way you kind of hinge your memory and, and kind of tie it all together. At least that's what I, how I learn. And then I think it translates well to other folks. And I also think it's fun to break things down to that of like a child's understanding because it seems very sophomoric. But at the end of the day, if you can laugh about it and make it simple, then you can retain it.
0: I, I, would push back on that. It's sophomoric and I think that it's actually really, really intelligent. I think it's a great way to learn. It takes us back to the way we learned when we were little kids. I remember, right. It's like learning the alphabet. I'll remember it forever. Cause I remember the graphical depictions. I remember laughing. Yeah. I remember it being fun. I remember doing it with others. I remember it being part of a team environment. Mm-hmm. When you're doing your teaching, there's always four or five other people around every, you can hear people chuckling. Right. And, you know, like you said, it's sort of abstract, it's thingies and dealies. It's these, these sort of ephemeral things, but with very real and tangible endpoints. Correct. I love it. It's so cool. Now, when you're rounding, when you're at work, do you bring, so we carry our stethoscopes, we carry mm-hmm. our smartphones. Mm-hmm. You may or may not have a reflex hammer. You may or may not have your otoscope. Mm-hmm. What, what are the tools of the trade for teaching rounds with Mike Natter?
1: So I, I'm old school. I did recently kind of invest. Uh, actually, the, the wonderful Dr. Grace Ferris got me um, interested in the digital world. So I, I got an iPad Pro, which is fun to draw on. But I, I'm old school. I love the tactile sense of drawing with a pen or pencil and paper. And most of the places where uh, we rotate, where, I, where I'm at my institution, we have three different hospitals, all of which we tend to use paper sign outs. And so we always have you know stacks of paper in our pockets. And so there's always an availability of that. And then I also think uh, whiteboards are really fun because they're also kind of this ephemeral, um, you know, there's, there's less, uh, there's no intimidation of approaching a whiteboard because if something doesn't go right, you just kind of wipe it away and it kind (laughs) of works. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So pen, pencil, colored pencil, crayon, ink pen. Like I, I want to get really specific because oh, we're getting
1: specific. Let's do it. So I when I'm drawing to draw, like if I'm sitting down to really draw, then I and have- here's
0: why I want to be specific, just to interrupt you, and I'm and I apologize for I, I am not a good artist. I love it. I respect it. I have good handwriting. But when it comes to doing what you do, I sort of I, I'm in a place of standing in awe of it. So I like the granularity. I like to know it looks like you have really cool tools. And so that's why I'm like
1: Sure. It,
0: it's ephemeral for me because it's it's something that I'm still sort of just learning to understand.
1: I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I love talking about the tools of the trade, but I will say, and I want to back up, and I want to challenge you. Okay. That for, well, there's two things I want to say. One, you have good handwriting, which is impressive because they say, you know, our trade, we don't right. have a handwriting. But I'm going to challenge you and say, I actually – let me ask you this. When you were a kid, when you were growing up, did you paint, draw – you know, color. Did you? Totally. You?
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I, my favorite was pencil. I liked drawing spaceships. I would draw sure. very intricate spaceships. So lots of lines, yeah. you know, lines connected at angles, that sort of thing.
1: Sure. But, but see, like, I would argue that we all did that, right? Like, all of us growing up were color. We all had a pencil or a colored crayon. Or we all did it. It was so innate to us. It's so natural. And I think that is a shame that as we grew up, whether it's societal pressures or whatever it may be, people stop doing that, and I think it's a you know multitude of things. I think part of it is that we develop a a conscious and we realize that you know our moms are putting all that beautiful you know drawing on the refrigerator, and then we realize oh wait, it looks like crap, and it was not at all the spaceship we imagined it to look like.
0: Well, that's exactly it for me, and and I'm I've been open about this on the show. I am a perfectionist, and that has been to my detriment. So I will draw something and immediately begin to judge it, say that it's bad, and stop.
1: And, and look at the field we're in, right? Like we're in medicine where we're surrounded by people that are nothing but perfect all the time. Yeah. And, and, and in a way, you, you know, you want to strive for that because we're talking about people's health and I think that's good, but we have to recognize that there's so much benefit to drawing. And so I always like to say that, well, one, it's, we all do it. It's something that we've all grown up with and it's unfortunately stopped. But then two, the process that we're taking is so much more beneficial than the product. So even if you're, you know, you're stomach or your duodenum looks like crap. So you throw it away at the end, but the process you took to get there is what you're learning from and what you're teaching with. And I think yeah. even has a large benefit. So I think okay. it's doing. So the tools,
0: the tools, <laughs> that's right. I know we, we, we digress on explore the space. So now we're back to the tools.
1: I brought us back. We're doing a full circle here. Good. I, um, so I have a couple of things I really like to use. So when I'm, when I'm sitting down to really try and articulate a really nice illustration or a nice drawing. I have uh, these pens are called Pigma Micron pens, or Sakura Pigma Micron. I think it's S-A-K-U-R-A. And they are kind of Illustrator or Draftsman's ink pens that come in a variety of uh, widths and weights. And you can get just the cleanest, nicest, sexiest line of any pen. Um, Reasonably priced, really nice. Um, and so those are the kind of my go-to for when I'm doing ink work, which has been the majority of what I've been doing since starting medicine, because I don't have the time to do what I used to do, which was charcoal. Um, and then I also like the, the Sakura, um, uh, folks also put out a mechanical pencil, which I like as well. And that's the 0.7 lead, which I like.
0: And that's the stuff that's like in your white coat pocket while you're on rounds.
1: Correct. And I always keep a, an extra color and it's more for. I guess less, well, I guess it could be used for drawing, but it's really more for, um, I find it's good to have like a red or uh, some other uh, pen. Cause you always want to, your, your list inevitably gets uh, hectic and you got to make sure you highlight what needs to actually happen before you leave for the day.
0: <laughs> what is the subject matter that when it comes up, you just have to draw it that you, you just rounds have to stop. You need to, you've got to stop or that later that night, when you get home, you just, you have to, you have to draw it. Is there a specific thing or are there a couple of triggers that just, you have to get them down?
1: It's uh, it, it's, it's Mark. It's like, you know me, it's, there are certain things where it is just like, I'm salivating to, to try and you know, it's hard though, to balance. You always want to balance. And this is true with every education in, in medicine. You never want to, you know, stop and try and educate at the expense of time for the patient's sake or, of or course. low. And so that's what I've been kind of grappling with because at my institution that I'm at, it's just like, Crazy the amount of stuff that that's going on. So if there's a lull, that I would be happy to draw literally everything. But I think things that are very abstract, like we were talking about before, so tiny molecules, um, you know, those types of things. When we're talking about things like DKA and like macroscopic neutrality, you know, I think it's easier to think about swapping out lemons for bananas instead of trying to say, oh well, the potassium gets fluxed. and da da da. da. So I, like using those kinds of symbols. Um, uh, is fun, but it's also good memory hook. So that kind of stuff is fun. I have a soft spot in my heart. I don't know why it is because I struggle with um, the kidneys, but I just renal physiology for some reason. I think maybe because I had to draw it so much for my own didactic purposes that it's something that I enjoy drawing a lot.
0: it's That's phenomenal, and it resonates for me because I'm the son of a nephrologist and I love nephrology and I love kidney physiology. I'm going to give you full credit. You are the first person to use the word efflux on explore the space. So, high five to you. That's
1: awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> are there times where the the art is therapeutic for you? And I'll ask this because one observation I have from looking at what you put on Twitter is you also depict your work. You depict being a, a resident and you're in your last year of residency. You're, you're definitely in the home stretch. You've got a couple of months to go, but the, the tempo, if anything else picks up as you come down the stretch, cause you start to carry more and more team-based and leadership responsibilities. You depict the sort of archetype resident and it's, it looks like someone who's just gone through the ringer. They are never looking refreshed. They never look they're they just look tattered and it yep. feels to me that whether it's conscious or subconscious that that is a depiction of kind of where not just you but where where physicians in training stand so let's talk first about the intentionality around that
1: mm-hmm. yeah no you you hit it on the head for me so you know i i came into medicine uh in a very different way i had no medicine in my family whatsoever um I am a type 1 diabetic since I was 9, and so that kind of opened up this world of medicine to me that made me very interested in it. But um, as we're talking about my art, that was something that was very natural to me in the arts and the humanities. But the math and the science was something that not only did I struggle with, but I was kind of uh, overtly told, you know, you're not good at math and science. And there's no way you could ever do any kind of uh, profession in in that realm. And so I never considered medicine as a real field for me. And then it wasn't until kind of later on after I did a post back and really tried to, you know, made the decision that I, I could and I should try to try this out. Um, and so I feel as though a lot of my colleagues around me kind of take, I shouldn't say that, I should say there is a culture about medicine that's kind of like everyone acknowledges that this training process is very archaic and it's backwards and it's wrong. Um, but everyone kind of accepts it for what it is. And I don't agree with it. i, I you know I, I kind of go against the grain in that respect because I, I see it as almost inhumane. it's it's like a, it's like a little bit like indentured servitude. And I don't think the argument that it's making me a better doctor is valid, and I don't think that if anything the 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 environment that's cultivated is not one for education. it's it's making I think all of us sicker. And there's this irony to the process of training how to make others healthy is just wildly unhealthy. Um, and, and that's at its best. And at its worst, I think it's actually quite dangerous for our patients. And so I, I do find that my art acts both as a catharsis for myself, because there is kind of that exhaustion. But then there's also the emotional component of what we do. And what we do is unlike anything else in, in our professions, where we're helping people you know, navigate life and death. We're seeing death. We're you know, confronted with death or confronted with illness and suffering. And that takes a toll because I would hope most people go into medicine because they care and want to help people. So it should affect you, you know, if you're human to see this kind of stuff. So all of that taken together, art has been this really helpful catharsis and and platform for me to kind of discuss that and uh, reflect on these things.
0: So, so you understand too, and I don't know if this has happened before or not, The images that you've drawn, particularly of the, the tired resident working at night or the tired resident who's been in the ICU, you and I look somewhat similar. We're both Caucasian men. We both kind of grow in a little bit of a beard fairly quickly. So that, that caricature that you draw resonates with me because it looks like I looked. Mm
1: -hmm. And so
0: it's taken me back to how I felt as a resident and helped me unpack a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. And it sucked. (laughs) Um, I liked being a resident. I think I learned a lot. I like to think that I worked hard. I enjoyed the learning. I love taking care of patients. I loved being in the ICU, but I remember how I felt. Uh, There's been some specific days where if I was Mike Natter that I would have drawn, there's one night in particular that I don't think I'll really ever be able to talk about publicly. Um, It was just a really bad Halloween night. My wife remembers it well, cause I came home and she had to deal with me. It, it just, it's, it, it, I don't know. It just unlocks something. And I think that that's the power of art too, right? You, you look at it and interpret it in your own way, but those in particular for me have really been impactful.
1: Well, yeah, no, first of all, I, I appreciate that. I, I really appreciate, I, there's no better compliment that I've ever received. And when my art has helped someone or has resonated with someone and, you know, social media is funny in that way because now all of a sudden when I was doodling on the side of my, you know, sign out or my notes in med school and, you know, they were for me or I would toss them, you know, in the garbage. Now all of a sudden there are people See, that hurts my feelings.
0: Like I can't, <laughs> believe. don't do that anymore, <laughs> please. The, 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 the papers of Dr. Mike Natter need to be archived properly. <laughs>
1: I think uh, you know living in in a small New York City studio. I don't think there's really any (laughs) any real estate. At least
0: scan them into the cloud or something.
1: We have the technology. I do appreciate it, but it's um, it's really it's really powerful and feels really um, rewarding to feel like my you know my my uh, scratches on paper can have an impact and it, it feels good. So thank you for that.
0: What about art outside of medicine? What about a day off is a day off for you involving art or is art something that is packed in with when you're working when you're studying when you're learning
1: so you know art is something that i love doing and so if i have time i love to do it it's funny how you know i don't know if it's like the whole art imitates life or life imitating art kind of thing but even when i'm not i just i just I, I always have stuff in my mind that's related to medicine. I just find that I do make a lot of art that's related to medicine, even when I'm kind of on my off time. And I don't, it doesn't feel like work to me. I enjoy it. It's, it's Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I haven't done like a real piece of art outside of medicine. Although I would argue that most of art kind of incorporates medicine, whether it's like anatomy or otherwise. But um, it's probably been since intern year, honestly. Okay.
0: Time. And what are the artists and the mediums that inspire you? And I ask this because I have this idea that someday you and you mentioned Grace Ferris and like Alexa Miller and will and me, will we'll, we'll go around the Guggenheim together or we'll go around, you know, the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art together. And I can just listen to these experts bounce ideas back and forth. What, what sort of art would you want to seek out for something where you just want to
1: enjoy it? Uh, first of all, I think that'd be an awesome podcast episode. If you're just like walking through the museum and we can like talk about it, that'd be really cool.
0: So, uh, so the, the, the infrastructure, the sketching, so to speak is it's actually done. <laughs> I'm ready anytime. I know exactly how it would work. I already have, I know what equipment I would need and, and it would be really
1: cool. <laughs> Uh, In terms of artists, so I'm a big fan of um, Egon Schiele. He was a German expressionist in the 1920s, and he makes these really beautiful, powerful figures that are not proportional, but somehow makes them look like they are. Like, they're very, like, marfanoid. It's very interesting. Um, But he does really beautiful work. I like, I'm a big fan of line. I like contour. I like when a line can live on a page And it's just a simple line, but it still reads as the lower back or the curve of the hip or whatever it may be. There's something very beautiful about that, that minimalism. Um, But then I also really enjoy, like, the masters and seeing, you know, like, all of the Renaissance work. Um, I'm a fan of Jackson Pollock. I know his stuff is a very different kind of vibe, but that kind of energy and that kind of color is really fun to see, especially in person. And then, you know... I, I also enjoy kind of the more like modern folks. Uh, there's a, there's a, an artist named Jenny Seville who makes these kind of grotesque but really interesting realistic um, portraitures and she deals a lot with like kind of adiposity and like like fat smushed up on glass and just really cool stuff in, in oil paints that I really enjoy as well.
0: I love that you mentioned the use of line and your affinity for it. Grace Ferris has been on the show. You and I were reflecting on this a little bit before we started recording. Mm -hmm. She said almost the exact same thing. And she talked about how she likes to make a line just sort of shimmer. And then you realize that the patient's moving or shaking or having rigors. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love that idea that these two people, you and her, who are just these extraordinary artists who render this profession so beautifully have that same kind of mindset around it.
1: Thank you. First of all, being being in in the same discussion as Grace is is a real um it's a real honor. She's she's extremely talented and she's so humble and she's like a really fantastic artist, but we we've had this discussion too. Like there is something unexplicable when you see a line that is so basic, it's so simple and yet you and you can almost see how the artist laid it down. It's nothing, you know, extraordinary, but it reads Undeniably, as you know, like you said, Rigers, or in this case, like a lowbacker, or whatever it may be, and that, that to me, I think is a real uh, beauty of art.
0: What is the community of artists who are physicians like? So there's you, there's Grace. I know that there are others. What is it like? Is it growing? Is it collegial? Is it? Do you know each other and you know personally, or is it all just through social media? What is that microclimate like?
1: So there's, there's even like a microclimate within the microclimate because there's, there's this now big movement, uh, catching, um, which I know you're familiar with is the graphic medicine community, which is, yes, it's a subheading of artists in medicine, but there's specifically comic book artists and graphic novelists. And these, this, this is so interesting because it's such an intersection of storytelling and chronological illustration that is so powerful and meaningful in medicine. And it's gaining, I think, Traction in academia for, you know, there's courses with med school like Dr. Green up at uh, Penn State Hershey, but then there's also, you know, the Annals of Internal Medicine having their own section of graphic me- medicine and those types of things. So that community has become almost like a community of anyone who's in, you know, this, the subset of like cardiothoracic surgery and they all go to their meetings, you know, and like, there's like that whole thing. There is that kind of budding within graphic medicine in, in, in our world, which is awesome. And so there's some conferences I'll, I'll, I'll meet people at. I'm a big, big fan of Dr. Ian Williams, who, who has his, uh, soon to be trilogy of the bad doctor and the lady doctor. And then he's going to have a third book, I believe coming out.
0: Oh, um, that's cool. I didn't know you had a third one coming.
1: I think so. I think so. I could be making this up or maybe I'm putting him on the spot, but if so, I hope, I hope I did, I, want
0: <laughs> I was going to say, you <laughs> just called him out and I'm here for it because I want it.
1: <laughs> I know I'm, I'm a big fan. So if you can make more, more content, I'm I'm not going to be mad about it. That's um, right. But uh, yeah, so do I know a lot of these folks? Not really. There's there's some like true physician artists. Um, are you familiar with Dr. Catherine Ko? K O. She's a neurosurgery neurosurgeon um, in New York. No. She's she's phenomenal. She goes by Dr. Amby Dexter, I believe, on okay. social media, and she's she is like a true. Renaissance person, like she is just multi-talented. Uh, but her art uh, it spans a very huge range, from kind of pop art to her real, um, like realistic oil painting and, and uh, illustrations. I think are some of the best I think I've ever seen. She's just really, really talented. I'm trying to think of if I know any others. I've never actually met her in person, but we've we've spoken um, over email and some other things as well. But um, she's really the other one that I could think of besides Grace and a few others.
0: Do you try to encourage the people that are on your team when you're rounding? So, right. There's the attending, there's the pharmacist, there's the medical student, there's the resident, there's the case managers, there are the nurses that are at the, you know, each unit that you're rounding across. Do you try to tease out their artistic inclinations or do they come to you and say, Hey, Mike, I've seen your work. Can, can we talk about it? Can I share something with you? What, what is that dynamic like? Does it even exist yet?
1: It does. It does. Yeah. So I think this is also the the kind of the shame of the medical training is that, you know, these people to get into medical training and, you know, medical school or nursing school or PA school, whatever it is, you have to be so multi-talented to prove to them that you're like this well-rounded person. Oh, I'm a dancer. I'm an artist. And then as soon as you get into the training process, it's like beaten out of you because there's no time and energy to do it. And it's not valued. Um, And then when people see that I'm still drawing and I'm using it kind of within – my you know my the scope of medicine um, I've met a handful of people there was a nurse in the ICU I met last year who's a really prolific cartoonist and you know you would have never have known but because she happens to know that I draw then that kind of came out and then even her colleagues that knew her for years like oh you make cartoons too and like all this, all this kind of stuff so there's that side of it and then there's the didactic side of it when I I always think that, like, as I mentioned to you, like, that process is so important. So I always tell medical students, like, if you can draw then you'll know it. And it's so important, even if it doesn't look good. And then tell my friends, you know, my, my colleagues, my co-residents, you know, you should draw for your patients, you know. I love the, um, in my clinic, the, the paper that sits on the chair. I think that's a perfect example of how you can just draw right there in front of them. And using that to create rapport and, and uh, explain things, even if it doesn't make any sense, I think the patient really appreciates the time and the effort that you're taking.
0: It's a great point, point. and what you were saying about how all of these different things that we do don't have much of a space when we're doing the work, and I think that that informs a lot of. As you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, that's that's really interesting because when I'm at work now, I don't talk about explore the space unless somebody asks me about it. I actually feel uncomfortable discussing it some of the time unless somebody asks me first. I, I'm not sure where that comes from. I think. Part of it though, is what you say that I I was really used to for a long time that my personal interests w- don't matter in that space, uh, in that space of being a doctor and th- all that entails, the rest of it doesn't matter that you leave it at the front door and to talk about it is somehow incorrect. I have to sit with that one for a minute. Actually, I'm not totally sure of the answer there, but there's something that connects that. Cause as you said that, that was the first thing that I thought of.
1: Yeah. No, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like it would be such an, a point of conversation. I mean, like what you do is so valuable and so interesting uh, that, you know, uh, from peer to peer, from a physician to physician, it'd be interesting, but to a nurse, to a PA, to a med student, to a patient, like everyone kind of is interested in like the podcast space in that world. And the fact yeah. that it's an interesting, prolific topic to kind of talk about it. it and I'll know, talk
0: about it anywhere else, but not, not there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It, it, we'll, it, it, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do a, We'll, we'll unpack that one at a later date. Yeah, that'll be another time. To be continued.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> what, so I have to ask you this one. What are the cartoons and the graphics that you loved growing up? And I'm crossing my fingers that you say one in particular.
1: Well, I already know what you're gonna. What you're crossing your fingers are, and the answer is absolutely. So I'm hoping you're thinking of Calvin and Hobbes.
0: Calvin and Hobbes, 100%.
1: Okay, just the uh, Bill Watterson is like amazing. I he, he's the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, the
0: greatest. And what a mercurial, mysterious figure he just—he just stopped.
1: Yeah,
0: he's yeah. alive. He apparently lives like in and around Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, is that right? Yeah, huh. never licensed any of it. There's no toys. There's no movies. There's no cartoons. There's no memor- No merch. None. Just did his stuff, and then he stopped.
1: You know, I hate to say this, but. Kind of glad he didn't go that route. I, I mean that he didn't. I agree. It sucks only because he should be making probably ten times as much as he did or is. But you know that that is like it's it's some of the deepest stuff that you wouldn't even imagine. You know what I mean? Like he just yeah. taps into such a brilliant childhood, but adult psyche. Just amazing, absolutely. Amazing. I'm sure you've seen this, but whether he it was him or another artist, they did a a piece of when Calvin grew up. Have you
0: seen that one? So it's funny that you mentioned that because Grace and I talked about it. I couldn't read it.
1: It's upsetting. It started <laughs> out
0: with, and, and I'll need you to remind me. I think it starts out where Susie is dying and she's mm-hmm. Calvin's wife. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was a hard pass. That was a, not a chance. I still haven't read it and I don't I have no intention of reading it.
1: Yeah. It, it just it was kind
0: really of- upsetting <laughs> for me to think <laughs> that those two clearly loved each other, even though they hated each other. Right. I love that this universe allowed them to get married, and now she's dying. No yeah. way, I can't. Yeah. I'm not. I don't <laughs> have the strength for that.
1: But uh, yeah, that that is like for me. If if I were ever able to create a graphic novel and or a series and or something that was so iconic in that in that realm, yeah. um, you know, that would be the the paramount. That would be what I would be going for.
0: So you have a amazing career ahead of you in two different, at least ways. You're going to be an endocrinologist and you're an artist. Do you think about it from the perspective of this is they're just gonna, the, the lines will meander together as they want to, or is there a strategic plan to kind of execute on both?
1: So I, I really, really, really hope Mm -hmm. that I'm able to continue to keep my passions merged because there's nothing better than waking up and doing something that you really truly love, and I love medicine, I really do. But it is exhausting, and it is hard. And I love art, but if you did art to pay your bills, then it becomes a job, and then it's not necessarily the same kind of feeling. So if I could find a way to combine the two, and I have some ideas, I just don't know how they're going to pan out because you know I'm, I'm green, I'm still a resident, so I gotta I gotta see how this business works. But yeah, I, I actually truly truly firmly believe that the way we train artists can really help if we train doctors in a similar way. And I, I think it's more than just the, the softer skills and the humanities and all that. I think there's some real hard stuff that we can learn. And um, and I, I would love to kind of head a curriculum in some kind of med ed, you know, way to wear a hat to to kind of do that. Um, if if um, there was an institution that'd be happy to, um, you know, create that role and pay me to do so, then that'd be great. But then I would be remiss if I wasn't able to also at least part of the week practice clinical medicine, specifically um, endocrinology and being a type one diabetic. I just love that connection with other um, diabetics and chronic illness.
0: But what a great journey that's going to be too, because you're going to do your, you're going to finish your training. You're going to be a great endocrinologist. You're already an extraordinary artist and you're going to keep kind of sharpening that razor. It's just going to be so, so fun to, to watch it go. And the thing that I, when I say that it's like for us, because you share it, you share it really well, your Instagram and your Twitter, we're, we get to walk the road with you. And that's really, really fun. And one of the things that you shared recently was that you are thinking about doing the book that we are all like, yes, please. <laughs> and so seeing how that all comes together, it's, it's really cool.
1: Thank you. I, I, that's, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I, you, everything you're saying is, uh, you can't see me, but I'm, I'm beaming ear to ear. <laughs> good, it it good. means a lot. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So there are a number of ways to find you, to find your work. What are the places when people say to you, I want to see more. I, I, I've got the, I've, I'm locked in on the thingies and the dealies on Instagram and on Twitter, but I want, I want a little bit more of the, of the art side of, of Mike Natter. Where do you route people? Where do we find you?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I really should build a website, but Instagram is the bulk of my work. Um, and then Twitter has some, some of it as well. And then um, I have partnered up with a company called art sugar and what Art Sugar is, it is a platform for kind of young budding artists to sell prints of their work and they have framing options and so on. And I recently kind of rearranged the pricing with them because I wanted to make the pricing fair and, and affordable for especially medical students and folks that are in training. Um, it's mostly medical art. There's some cartoons, there's some more anatomical stuff. Um, but more importantly, uh, a fraction or a portion of every sale goes to the JDRF, which is the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. So um, it helps me give back as well.
0: That's fantastic. And, and where are you on Twitter and Instagram?
1: Yeah, so my Twitter is Mike, M-I-K-E underscore Natter, N-A-T-T-E-R, not to be confused with netter. If only that vowel were the same. Um, and, uh, my Instagram is Mike M I K E dot Natter and like Nancy, a T T E R.
0: It's great stuff. And for anyone who's on those platforms, you're a great person to follow because you post a lot and all of it is just absolutely great. This was so fun. I'm I'm so glad that you came on. I'm uh, one of the things that I love about all of this too, is that in our profession, which still feels so hierarchical that, you know. it it makes no difference. And we just get to come on this space and just share as equals and speak as equals. I just, I absolutely love it because what you do, I just think is it's aspirational. It's exciting. It's beautiful. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It, it, it inspires all the right emotions of, of awe and excitement and sadness and anticipation of more. So I I hope you keep going. I know that you will. And I, I can't wait to keep following along.
1: Mark, thank you so much. And, and it, the same goes for you. What you're doing is really important. And, you know, having a platform for people to speak about what they do and how we go about things in medicine is is fantastic. So thank you so much for having me. I'm super honored and I uh, hope we can uh, chat some more and maybe go to the museum sometime.
0: The museum, that, that's an aspirational project and we need to make that happen. But yeah, no, having you come on was a total treat. I'm really, really glad this worked out. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space.